Okay. Okay, okay. Snap. Um, I'm Ashley. I'm Christina. And <laughs> that was the intense Christina voice. And oh my gosh. This is a place within where this week and every week we're going to get to the heart of our thoughts, feelings, and desires where we trust we'll find the gospel and our need for it. We are doing yeah, this yeah. in the way that the rest of the world is being friends right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Skype, Skype friendship. Works great. Works great. We've been doing it for years. Um, yes. It's still, it's harder when it's everything, you know, there's just less variety. So, but you know, I'm pretty committed to as, you know, not to ignore things that are actually present, but I just really would rather not talk about COVID-19 at all. I want to talk about the fact that I'm going to make some cookies. Yeah, we can talk, we can talk about it insofar that it's relevant. Yeah. (laughs) But... Oh my God, there goes my I know. conversation. Well, well, I know. I was thinking about this. I was like, okay, I just don't want to talk about COVID-19. I was like, it, it's there. It's in my thoughts. It's in my feelings. It's inhibiting all of my desires. Um, Plus, this is like archive material, okay? This is going to be historically right. relevant in a hundred years. You're welcome, world. It's it's whack. Anyway, tell us yeah. about the cookies, Steen. Um yeah when i realized that today was the feast of the annunciation i just got really excited and then my roommate was watching well actually this is what happened my roommate was watching um the great british baking show Masterclass. yeah and i was like man i wish i could have sweets but it's lit and then i was like oh, it's a celebrity it um, is and so then i was like we don't have any like pre-made dough or anything but guess what i know how to follow a recipe we have ingredients and I'm going to make some chocolate chip cookies. But then Ashlyn was like, are we podcasting? And I was like, oh yeah. So now I'm here, but I butter the is cookies. softening. No, uh, I, no, I, I, um, you actually interrupted the pizza eating. Oh, <laughs> Liz, Guys, I'm going to, I'm going to eat lettuce too. Okay. <laughs> Notice um, that I said lettuce and not salad. <laughs> well, in Los Angeles, they've been on full lockdown for how long now? Um, let's see. I think our safer at home went into effect last Wednesday. So a week ago, Uh, a week. Um, but schools have been closed going on two weeks. Right. So we're talking about the next level. Like we've been social distancing, whatever that means. And, um, closed and not going into work for several weeks now, but now, yeah, non-essential businesses have been asked to be closed since last Wednesday. Um, so a week ago and yeah, well it was not funny it was i don't know i just me and all the teachers in my house which is all of us the three of us while we were watching the mayor of los angeles talk about like his expectations and you know um somebody in a press conference was like hey like so how are you going to enforce this like are you if there are businesses that are running that shouldn't be like are you gonna is someone gonna go in like is there a way to report or what and he was like um you know it's gonna be a social contract it's gonna be a social contract and the three of us were like okay um good luck what with does that, that mean <laughs> right i mean like, like, like well, i know what it means but i know in the classroom it does not work i've seen it tried it doesn't work it just doesn't okay there Hopefully you go now the development all, of adults is a little bit more than middle schoolers but but it's, we know and, that it's in not. group mind, I, I i don't know. know what i don't know what and i know that's what the mayor's thinking okay like and i applaud him for that and i'm sure that people felt honestly i think it was smart to start there but mm-hmm. we all knew that like it wasn't gonna work 
Right. Um, <laughs> and it didn't. And if anyone <laughs> so. wants more comments about this, scroll your Facebook for like 0.5 seconds and you'll have mm-hmm. lots of posts sharing funny memes about how this is like getting more recess taken away for not following the directions mm-hmm. and yeah that so the content is abounding it really is so um, yeah. yeah so then he comes on i think yesterday and he's like um talking about now that it's going to be enforced and like um i don't know what he said they were going to do to enforce it but it was now going to be like a law enforcement thing and i was like yeah i mean I, but i I, th- I see what he did if he did it mm-hmm. intentionally that's a smart move to start it with being like yeah i'm not gonna like force it on you that's actually another great little classroom management technique it's like i mean yeah you guys show me what you got yeah mm-hmm. you're mature of course go for it and then, and then with what you people, knew happened happens yeah. and then you're like people okay. feel like the rebuke is a little bit more deserved when they know that yeah. they deserved it yeah exactly so actually i think it was really smart it ended up working out so we start that tomorrow at 8 a.m so okay yeah my housemate and i went out grocery shopping mm-hmm. to restock up what was that like? I am so out of creativity of like, what do I make? You know, these are all oh, yeah. things that I did before. I cooked food before, but now I'm like, I, I, what will I make? I don't know. Anyway, um, but it's it's a feast. So we drove through Starbucks and then she was like, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but maybe we should drive through Chick-fil-A. And I was like, of course we're driving through Chick-fil-A. So um, we had some celebratory Chick-fil-A. We've been really into Irish coffee for special feast days. So we had some for St. <laughs> Patrick's nice even though it's an optional memorial we were irish about it and uh saint joseph's had some irish coffee and so for our lady we'll have some irish coffee today and that has been a quarantine celebration and uh my housemate and i formed a quarantine ban yeah Um, you did and it sounded like i said ban just then I, i said banned um, just caught myself not really enunciating on the enunciation. <laughs> so it's called quarantine under the waterfall. Um, so we've been making videos and posting them on Facebook for our grandmas. Um, and for me and for Christina. And so that, has but you been should share them to activity. the podcast too. I will. Sorry. Now that, no, I'm glad. I'm glad. I was actually hoping Wait. for that because this is how we're hoping to be discovered, to be honest. Um, yeah, oh, there's so, a little pig. I gave you that. Sorry, I we've talked about not not doing visual um, jokes during the podcast. When did I give so you I'm this little stop. squeaky pig? I don't know, but this is what I have in my hand, guys. It's a cute little pig with a big old snout, and it makes this noise. Shout out to my friend Austin who gave me a bag filled of those squeaky pigs because apparently Amazon doesn't sell just one; they sell them. <laughs> groups of 24 so he bought all 24 and gave them to me when he was graduating it was a Mm, it was a missionary present for him to graduate i wish he had had signed an inside joke about pigs i wish he had signed it's chinny chin chin yeah austin if you're listening to this i'm gonna send you this episode and i'm gonna mail you the pig and then you can sign it and then you can mail it back to me sound good and then we'll post it on instagram (laughs) for dozens to see um so with that if you tell someone in ecuador that in the best way possible they remind you of your favorite little pigs there it's not an insult and they will give you squeaky pigs later um great so speaking of friendship (laughs) that's what we're going to talk about today yay so topical and it's providence you guys this is i love it when this happens because this means 
I don't want to over talk this. I don't know what's going to happen. Regular but. listeners of this podcast know that Ashlyn has been on somewhat of an Anne of Green Gables kick. Mm-hmm. Beginning with Anne with an E, the TV show that mm-hmm. while I appreciate its quirkiness, its somewhat grittiness um, in retelling a classic story by L.M. Montgomery taking place in Prince Edward Island. What a Canadian treasure. Um, it isn't as good as the books. And I've learned that recently in listening to the books on audiobook. So Ashlyn is staying just really on brand with this Anne of Green Gables on audiobook thing. But I'm currently um, 73% of the way through Anne of Anna- Avonlea. Anne of Avonlea. Um, the second installment in the beloved series about Anne Shirley Cuthbert by L.M. Montgomery. Um, Okay. And for those of us not familiar with Anne or um, just wanting to hear my English teacher thoughts about it, I think one of the central themes of the character in the book overall is the nature of friendship and relationship from the perspective of someone who has like a wonderful openness and an enjoyment of the beauty of existence she's such a unique person and she really loves and delights in the good things in life um but had had a very difficult and heartbreaking childhood so someone that had been deprived of meaningful relationship until they were like 11 years old still having a desire and an openness and a resilience to those hardships, but like having this value and this love of friendship and relationship because it's something that she had been deprived of for her entire life um, is how it unfolds. And so she has this desire, this deep desire to find kindred spirits. But as she grows up, you get to see that there are people that she immediately has an affection for and some that she doesn't have an affection for and grows in relationship with. And some of the most significant relationships in her life are ones that didn't start as um, kindred spirits, but she still is always like seeking these kindred spirits. And as we see her grow up, we see her grow in her understanding of what this really means. Um, And it was providential because yeah i love that like i knew where you're going but any listener would hear wow christina was about to talk about providence and then ashlyn gave a summary of anna green cables but here's the providential part everybody um so yesterday afternoon ashlyn texted me some topic ideas and one of them is kindredness and like this idea of like feeling known and i was like oh i like that let's do that and then I go to my Zoom call of Stone to Flesh, School of the Heart, and the topic is spiritual friendship. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of nice. It's not kind of like kindredness. That's cool. But then, then, then a screen share happens, everybody. And it's screen a Screen share. It's a it's clip. It's a clip from the great Anne of Green Cables. So, of course, I take a screenshot. I text it to Ashlyn. She's freaking out. And meanwhile, all the people in the chat on Zoom are like, what is this? I've never seen this before. Why do you think I know what this is? And I was like, okay, you know what? Ashlyn gets it. So. I get it. I'm excited. Okay. There are just so many great examples of intimate friendship and companionship in Anne of Green Gables. And Love it. Ivona from School of the Heart knew, and Christina knew, and I knew, and now we're all going to know together. And we all know and together. And I think probably Clive Staples is going to get in on this. Too. Oh, Clive. Oh, good. So, but Aristotle. Um, uh, <laughs> that guy, too. <laughs> That's how the fancy people <laughs> pronounce Aristotle, if you were wondering. Um, so this idea of kindredness, of this, like, a person that you find um, that you feel known by, like, have you experienced that before? And how did it happen and what was it like? Yes. Um, people I felt 
known by pretty fast. Well, okay, I don't know about like, I think like very first moment, I have to think about it to see what comes up, but, which I should have done because I knew what we we're going to talk about, but whatever. Um, but I know like one of my first friends in college, um, she and I became pretty intimate friends pretty fast. And I remember mm-hmm. um, going around at our women's night or something, or maybe it was, a, yeah, I think it was a women's night at the CSC, but it wasn't at the CSC, it was at the Wells Ice Skating Rink, and we just went around and around and around and around and around mm-hmm. and around and around and around, talking, talking, that, talking, that talking, 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 around. <laughs> after we had known each other maybe for like a month or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think like, as I was thinking about this a lot, that um, like what are the qualities that we value the most in a friendship or like what are the experiences that make us feel sort of prepared to dive into a friendship where it's Mm -hmm. like and I feel like that's one of the most important things to me is this kindredness this feeling of Mm -hmm. like this person just kind of understands where I'm coming from Mm -hmm. um yeah so I think that or that there's like almost like a, a rhythm or like a resonance between mm. the way that we operate. I think about this a lot with like some of my, oh, I've got it. Seventh grade. Mm. The girl whose wedding I was in, in, mm-hmm. in Greece, Eliana. Just like, like that. Our friend, our yeah. mutual friend introduced us in the first at middle school orientation and we were all just kind of like hanging out together but then she had to go to orchestra and me and Eliana were going to choir together mm-hmm. and we were just standing in the line together and then I started to sing some song that was stuck in my head and then she started to sing along and I was like you know the song and she goes no I just like to see if I can catch on to the words while someone else is singing <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I think we're gonna understand each other and, and there's we this did. lovely quote by <laughs> by c.s lewis friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another what you too i thought i was the only one exactly um and that is very much how he sees friendship and explains it in mm. in the four loves love it um and i'd experience when i was a freshman in college with my friend anna um where we were in freshman voice studio together and we really didn't know what to make each other of each other at first um but then we were sitting outside and getting to know each other and we found out that we both um played the ukulele and neither one of us could drink milk and now we both do that's hilarious but at that time of our 18 year old selves we weren't we were off milk and neither one of us had our driver's licenses and those were just enough to say (laughs) to bond us together um, to be very kindred spirits yeah um but i think when i was mulling this over maybe one of my quirks it's it's happening right now with Anne, where i'm like yes i love the way that she sees the world and i don't think i'm like as free or as vulnerable as she is um i'm not as trusting like with my heart as she is but like the way that she's described this is a fake person you guys I'm like i feel kindred to Anne, and i think that that's like mm-hmm. one of the beauties of that literature is that like it's written in such a way that people can be kindred to her and are kind of drawn into the bigger theme of the book I think that's one of its merits but also real people who I've not actually met but their writing has made me feel like deeply known um Edith Stein I know like reading her essays on women there's this moment where I'm like you get it like these things that are in my heart that I didn't understand how to explain like you are putting words to Mm -hmm. um and 
through my Catholic faith, understanding that like, she's very much alive, um, was beautiful. And I think mm-hmm. that like people have that experience with authors and writing and, and role models who aren't Catholic, who aren't saints, you know, but there, there is an actual reality there. Uh, JP two, of course, I'm like, yes. sir, like, I love you. You're my friend. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I feel very kindred to him. Yeah. Me too. Um, and it, it's like, it is a spiritual experience mm-hmm. that I think lots of people can relate to mm-hmm. of there's, there's no reason for this, but I feel a strong love for you mm-hmm. because you understand me mm-hmm. and I understand you. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's such a beautiful gift. Yeah. I think that that, I don't know, it just like simplifies it all in such a way. Um, in such a way that I don't have a way to end that sentence. It just simplifies it all mm-hmm. in a really great way. <laughs> but like, because I, I think, I don't know, when we're learning as children what it means to love like Jesus and what it means to be friends. Um, like I always think about in like kindergarten where it's like, we're all friends in kindergarten. Like, mm-hmm. but what, even though they're actually not, they've got like little enemies. They're like mm-hmm. fighting, all, you know what I mean? Um, but oh, it's playground like, that's beef a, is, is strong. Yeah. It's like an expectation. It's like, we're all friends in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with that for kindergarten. But I do think that we like carry it through where it's like, oh, if I love like Jesus, then everybody is a- like, I'm able to have like an intimate, deep friendship with every single person who ever existed. Um, mm-hmm. And the only reason I don't is because I don't love like Jesus enough. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to put a limit on what God wants for us for our spiritual friendships and say, you know, he only wants you to have three spiritual friends. I don't know how many spiritual friends he wants you to have, but um, I think it's really cool that like I was actually reading up on spiritual friendship yesterday for another like task that I'm working on. Um, Mm. And Aquinas makes this whole um, makes a point of drawing the difference between charity and friendship and that like loving with God's love is not the same as being friends and being mm-hmm. friends is not the same as loving with God's love mm-hmm. um which I think is really important um I think openness to friendship is a part of charity mm-hmm. but like I think that there's something that we can always like kind of relax into mm-hmm. like having the authenticity to say like my starting point is asking for the grace to like see with God's eyes Mm -hmm. and then from there having the openness to experience this person and to Mm. sense out like a kindredness or to Mm. even and if the kindredness isn't there and this is what I struggle with if Mm. I don't see like kindredness I'm like okay I don't we don't I don't need to sit here and like figure out whether or not we're friends we can all just love each other charitably and move Mm -hmm. on with our lives um which I think is like I don't know what do you think about that I, I think it's amazing because I like that you're touching on like if there is this openness and this desire um we we can oftentimes be surprised about what we'll find exactly exactly and um I don't want to lose the other part but maybe now would be a good time to use my examples my literary yeah. examples from Anne of Green Gables okay here um, we go. so that one of the people that she values especially in the first book um most as a kindred spirit um is her adopted father Matthew, um, who, when these characters first meet, Matthew is very shy. He's an old bachelor. Okay. And he doesn't understand or trust women. So he, the only woman in his life is his sister. Um, and he's very nervous 
to like be having a conversation with this little girl you know um and he's charmed by her pretty quickly but his preconceived notion of who he desires as a friend and his ability to give himself as a gift to someone um are really compromised but because he delights in her and because he loves in her loves her there's like a kindredness that develops between them right and ways that she's influenced by him that she would totally not be influenced by anyone else and they're good they're all positive you know um and so there isn't like a natural like if they were i guess if we look at friendship as something that we're trying to acquire versus something that we're open to receiving Mm -hmm. they would never look to each other to be friends right right um at at least he wouldn't look to her to be a friend but they're kind of spirits another example of um rachel lind who's like the town gossip she's like the town lady boss um and she and Anne do not get off to a good start and Anne gets in a lot of trouble by like calling her out and screaming at her face and gets like in trouble for screaming at an adult because she doesn't like Rachel Lind but as they come to understand each other better they become friends and there is a kindredness that develops within them Mm -hmm. and the boy that ends up spoiler becoming her husband Gilbert is someone that she detests and she like rejects even finding out if there's any kindredness between them hmm. whereas like the person that she just wants because she just desires and just desires to have a friend and she desires a kindred spirit so she decides before she even ever meets diana berry that she's going to be kindred spirits with diana berry as they mature they stay friends but i'm kind of starting to see as these girls grow up in the second book they like they think very differently about things and they really aren't as kindred as they think that they are but because mm-hmm. they've decided that they are they they will be and she's met new people, you know, a student in her class. Also, you've got to read these books because she's a teacher. Christina, it's so cute. Um, her little agonies of being a teacher. I just think oh, really? find very relatable. Yeah, so cute. Um, a student that she's friends with or, you know, this random old lady that she just met. Um, that she's a lot closer and a lot more like those people than she was, you know, her original mm-hmm. kindred spirits. Um, and so I just think, yeah, that is it's a, a beautiful look at that. I talked yeah. way too long about that, wow. but <laughs> I think that um, something that C.S. Lewis says about friendship is that it's not biologically necessary and it happens when we like set our sights on something and desire to pursue it together. And I think that like if what our aim in life is, is Christ, mm-hmm. um, those who desire to follow Christ can become our kindred spirits, even if we're really different than them. Um, but also if like he's the beloved, he's like the love of our soul. And every single person that ever existed bears somewhat of his image. We might yep. not see it right away. They might not show yep. it to us, but we're able to like have that aha moment of like, yep. you you have the thing that I'm looking for and I value um, mm-hmm. because they have Christ's life and that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Excellent. Um, yeah. I think that that's really important that like we don't just like make kindredness like the standard of friendship I mean for me Mm -hmm. I know that honestly honestly when I read what you said about kindredness which wasn't really much at all I felt known I was like that's Mm. what I care about (laughs) 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 Um, but like and I I don't know I think that for me it's almost one of my very favorite parts of being alive is Mm -hmm. like having that experience so good your favorite part of being alive too yeah, you but too? Like, what a wonderful thing. <laughs> uh, it is. It is like the zest of life. And it's something that like we're kind Ooh. of poor. Sorry, did I yell? No, I was thinking. No, oh, sorry. I was making a lemon zest. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> I made a little like the, the figurative lemon. Uh, but I was there's no lemon, but she found Hollywood. it. She could imagine it, and that's how we could relate to each other. I could imagine the lemon too. Um, hilarious, <laughs> Paul Hollywood. What a gem. Um, I wonder if he would feel kindred to us <laughs> or anyone. Um, but. Something I, I mentioned earlier marry, marry. of like, okay, what is my mentality of friendship? Okay, the culture is poor of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 20th century, C.S. Lewis was lamenting the um, poverty of friendship. that It's not valued. It's not something that's seen. And it's not biologically necessary the way other forms of love are. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what he would think now. You know, I wonder what Aristotle would think now. Mm-hmm. Um, when, and Anne talks about this too, but like, there's like intimacy or like a familiarity that people have with each other that might not be based off of like real heartfelt things they might mm-hmm. not really have this love of friends they mm-hmm. just have like a convenience of of mm-hmm. intimate relationship yeah. um and i think it's something that everyone really wants mm-hmm. and i hear a lot like i don't have friends yeah um I, I wish i had friends it's like a deep hurt that a lot of people have yeah um and it's something that's so good mm-hmm but I think that we might not find it if we're trying to acquire it, you know? Right. If we become like friend dealers and we're looking for the perfect friend and we're trying to <laughs> find someone to fit some preconceived notion that we have a friendship, I don't know right. if we really find it. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think so, especially with the preconceived notion part of it. Um, I think you do have to like put yourself out there like... I think especially right now, like when you asked about C.S. Lewis and Aristotle, what they see, you know, I think they see it outside of the quarantine, (laughs) you know, three weeks ago and several months from now, we're still going to have people actually maybe the culture will change after everybody's sitting around at home all the time. But, um, you know, two, three weeks ago, you had people saying, I don't have any friends, but they never leave their house. And I don't want to like make that a judgment, but like. I think that is something very significant about our culture that there is like especially American culture right now and like social media and like the entertainment of scrolling and watching Netflix it's Mm -hmm. like if we only ever leave the house when we're like dragged out by somebody Mm -hmm. um yeah it's gonna be really hard to develop friendships I don't think that's the only reason why people struggle Mm -hmm. to form friendships but I definitely think it's a contributor um Mm -hmm. because they're I don't know and I think it has a lot to do with like human formation when we have a preference of like, and I have noticed this in myself before, like when I, at those moments where I have a preference towards like staying home away from people, I think that that can happen and be okay. Um, but when I see that it's like becoming a habit that mm-hmm. I see like other people as an inconvenience, it's like, mm. you know, or it were a, an assumption that no one is ever going to understand me, mm. which I think is a very common reason for people not to Mm -hmm. be making friends um i mean i don't know i have i have a friend who like says they don't have any friends other than like one or two people and i wonder what they would say about like what i'm saying right now but i don't know like i do see i don't know about like for that particular person or not but like i do see a sort of like when I don't know I've just had this experience before where I'm trying to like Mm -hmm. engage with somebody who like feels lonely Mm -hmm. I don't want to put it all on them or anything but it's just an observation and I don't know like this could be totally off and like you could listen to this and yell at me from your couch listener (laughs) but I feel like there's just like a sometimes an assumption that people have that like 
you couldn't possibly understand me. Mm. Like no yeah. one, no one ever understands me. And that's yep. why I'm lonely and I'm going to stay lonely. I don't know. Well, and when like a wound, however yeah, exactly. it came about, like just like settles into bitterness, it right. is, it's, it's like toxic to the whole person. I was just, did mm-hmm. just talking, um, my housemate when we were on our way to Starbucks and Chick-fil-A and all those places, um, that we drove through and were very responsible, um, about yesterday's gospel reading uh, from John five, where there's this healing in the pool of Bethsaida, Bethsaida, however you say it, um, Mm -hmm. where this guy, you know, is paralyzed and telling Jesus, yeah, there, I could be healed in these pools, but whenever the water comes down, everyone rushes and no one ever picks me up and puts me in. Mm -hmm. Um, and Jesus like it's like if you want to be healed pick up your mat and walk and even once yep, again I healed, was he's still about this too. yeah wow hs holy spirit wow um okay, they, like there are times in friendship and lots of other things that um i think it's from a lack of trust like we're not content with our state of life but we we can trust that it's happening and it's something that's reliable and for that to change would require a lot of trust that we might not have uh so like i don't like being lonely but i'm familiar with loneliness and to become not lonely for someone to come into my loneliness and provide a companion my life would change and mm-hmm. i'm af- i'm afraid of mm-hmm. that change yeah. um that is that's a real like illness of the heart that we humans are pretty prone to um yeah i f- i feel like another like another challenge with um yeah feeling known or like that challenge of making friends um and I felt this in myself and I've seen it I've talked about it with other friends and I've seen it in other people like how about this if my favorite thing about myself or like one of my mm-hmm. more pref- like that I I like that all go into a philosophical conversation like mm-hmm. that even if it's not really the most appropriate time and when I find somebody <laughs> who likes that I'm like yes we get each yeah. other and I I now I understand like to not make other people uncomfortable I'll turn that off sometimes I've learned that um but um if I know that that thing that I like about myself is not somebody else's if that's something that they mm-hmm. actually don't like about me mm-hmm. um and that's not to say like, oh, they don't like me. That's why we're not friends. It's like, obviously, if someone hates you, you're not friends. But mm-hmm. like, if that's, it, they actually do like me. They just kind of wish that was different. And I have that same thought about a different quality of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's one of those things. And it like part of one of those things that can put up that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a lot of like holding our gifts close to our heart mm. and saying like, yeah, this is mine. And if you reject this part of me that I've heralded mm-hmm. as the important part of me, then like you clearly don't understand me. Yeah. But like you're so right that when we um when we open our perspectives up, like and kind of, yeah, I mean open our hearts and kind of relinquish those things and say, "Okay, yeah, this isn't actually mine. This is like a gift to the world." Um like there's so much more opportunity because now I can experience that resonance with something else in me. If that mm-hmm. is not the part of me that resonates with that person, mm-hmm. there's something else that they love about me. And actually I've noticed this before when they'll like a person who I actually don't feel a ton of kindredness mm-hmm. with, um, like points out something else about me that I don't think is my best quality. And they're like, I love that about you. I'm like, 
well then you don't get me <laughs> it's like mm. how ridiculous is that like yeah. they just notice something about me that they that delights them and I decided to reject it because it isn't my favorite quality well it's so funny I'm noticing that like I think that like self-protectiveness can be like an enemy to friendship Mm-hmm. Um, that yes. like actually is able I mean it is such a courageous act it requires so much courage to be someone's friend and to let them be your friend mm-hmm. you know um, yeah because yeah you you put your cares and your the things that like you desire to be known but would hurt if they were rejected out there for someone to accept or reject mm-hmm. um, and but it can like bring us to this beautiful high that you said was like your favorite one of your favorite things about life that's so amazing and it's so relatable and it's so true um but when we hide ourselves under this bushel basket like we'll never we'll never find it Mm -hmm. um and i also think that sometimes we can self-reject um or reject others if we're only looking for this like philia kind of love this friendship kind of love and we neglect charity i think it's cool Mm -hmm. to see that like all of these other kinds of love if we practice them in our life um we increase our capacity for all kinds of love Mm um and there's i think a confidence required to be to be and have friends um that yeah is okay not having friends because there's a greater like love for the gift of life and a confidence that it is good um, than there is for like a love of self and a desire to protect oneself, which is wild. It's wild. Um, But there's so, so much potential in it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you do need that like level of confidence, um, which I feel like looks like, yeah, just being confident in like the goodness. I mean, at at, its base level, Mm -hmm. being confident which is the same word (laughs) of yeah like the goodness of what you bring to the table which I do Mm -hmm. think is something that will lack sometimes you know walking in I I feel like about a year ago is when I started to go to like stone to flesh things and Mm -hmm. I like curated I was I've been reflecting on this like I like curated the self that I was gonna bring there you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like I was like I'm gonna dress this way because I want to come off as this kind of person Mm -hmm. I'm going to start by talking this way. If somebody starts Mm -hmm. talking about this, then I'll jump in by talking that way. And I was Mm -hmm. very, like, careful with myself. And I recently, like, told some of my friends from there how, like, critical I was of them. As I was Mm -hmm. like, if y'all are going to be this, like, weird little church community, it better be good. Mm. Which is like... (laughs) I get you. I get you. Well, and I, I think that what taught me how to I had good friends like I had good friends in college um but I know that I I had a teammate who had like deeper closer more like more of her heart was in her friendships than I had ever seen or experienced before and at first I just rejected it I was like that's kind of weird um and there was a whole dimension of what friendship could be that I didn't even know I was like Mm -hmm. wow I thought I had lots of friends and I did um but yeah in the in the nature and the witness of her friendships I realized there was more that friendship could be and that was a huge gift um but I think that what helps us even see that and desire it is Mm -hmm. like through works of charity both like giving them and allowing ourselves to receive them and that as good as it is like philia is something that I think God 
wants for us um he cherishes when we experience and wants to draw us into because they those experiences can draw us forward to him but they also can close in on themselves there are times where friends and their preferences and their shared like experience don't want anyone else to come in you know and mm-hmm. friendships yeah. that are really deep and really genuine among the friends can become very exclusive to everyone on the outside yeah um and i think jesus like states his pr- the ranking of love the like order of love on the cross when he lays down his life for people that don't deserve him who have nothing in common with him yeah who reject him in every way yeah mm-hmm. um and that every kind of love bears an image of who god is and what the divine life looks like um but the the way that we you know poor sinners can increase our capacity for all kinds of love mm-hmm. is through god's love and participating in his love which is like selfless and unmerited yeah like imitating his love yeah yeah and i feel like that's exactly that that is what we're called to regardless of whether there's kindredness or not Mm -hmm. and like yeah that that point that aquinas makes that charity and friendship are not the same thing Mm -hmm. um that christ gives himself over with exactly that everybody's been rejecting him you know um and they Mm -hmm. do reject him continue but something that I think is interesting in thinking about like what Jesus love and Jesus friendship looks like, when does he say in, in the gospel of John, like, I no longer call you slaves, I call you friends. Mm-hmm. And these are for, this is the way I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. That's him talking to his closest friends, mm-hmm. the ones who have followed him and have submitted to him and have like kind of had that open-heartedness that we're talking about to receive him and to say Mm -hmm. yes to who he is and he of course has been receiving them and saying yes to who they are from the top Mm -hmm. of of their existence Mm -hmm. um but at that openness that he experiences with them and that they experience with him Mm -hmm. he i don't even know if it's like a shifting of status but just like a acknowledgement of what their relationship actually is because Mm -hmm. they started following him as rabbi with this like unquestioning like I'm going to do whatever you do because that's what mm-hmm. disciples of rabbis did in Jesus' time. When, when a rabbi said, follow me, what it meant was that you were just going to copy mm-hmm. um, whatever the rabbi did. And he didn't owe you any explanation. You just do what he does because you trust him. That's what they do. And he goes and says, I no longer call you slaves. Like, because our relationship isn't that anymore. Mm-hmm. Our relationship has elevated um, through this trust. And through this like unprecedented love that's coming from his end and that I guess they're responding with Mm -hmm. to say we are now friends. And you're so right that then on the cross, even his friends are rejecting him. It's not even just like those who he was offering charity to, but who actually are like, you know, he they never trusted him or like whatever. Mm -hmm. It's his friends, too. Well, and it's interesting because Jesus shows us every all of these kinds of love um that like jesus is saying that to the apostles but kind of like on the behalf of the rest of the church Mm -hmm. um but also like wants to be wed to his bride the church Mm -hmm. you know he's he's both friend and lover and in yeah in like the trinity like father and yeah so it's like and brother and brother and and through the gift of our lady you know like she becomes the mother through like the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so it is just this wonderful mystery that like what we see and what we experience isn't the template for God. It's like the mirror of God. Um, and it's not something that like he conforms to, but rather it's something that he transcends into um, and is given to us so that we could come to encounter him. Um, and he can be encountered in all of these loves. Um, and yeah, like all of these loves can be abused or appropriated to our own ends. Um, but just because they can, doesn't mean that like they will, or that we shouldn't try. Um, Mm -hmm. and there is like such loveliness and such openness of soul that can come about from like being known and allowing ourselves to be known. Um, and that we don't have to go looking for it or trying to manufacture that aha moment. Um, but that we can receive it as a gift. Um, and if we don't feel it immediately, that doesn't mean that it can't, it can't come about. Um, right. Through openness and selflessness. Spectacular. So thanks, Ellen Montgomery. Thanks. Thanks. C.S. Lewis. Thanks. Thanks, Aristotle. C. O. C. O'Brien. Thanks, Ivana. Thanks, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We far- forgot Aquinas. Thanks, Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Thanks, T. T. A. Thanks, Tommy Boy. Tommy A. Timothy. Tommy A. <laughs> Tom Thomas A. Tim and Tom are different names. So, Thomasy. Yo, can we start calling him Thomasy? Who? Oh, <laughs> Thomas. Thomas Aquinas. I mean, I, I right, won't both, argue yes. with you. I'm not going to argue with that. Um, Sounds like a great known? idea. Do by Thomasy. I don't know. I don't know that. No. I don't know that Thomas Aquinas would like me very much. If I'm being entirely oh, don't honest. Oh, on him. He loves you. Yeah, okay, but that's different. Yeah. Remember what we just talked about? Kindredness? <laughs> this was a review. I don't oh. know that he would find kindredness with me. That doesn't mean that he wouldn't love me. T. <laughs> and with that, here we are. Um, <laughs> don't put that on him. Don't lose your mind in the quarantine, everyone. Yeah. Okay, um, what's been rocking your world, my dear? Exploding. Yes. So. Matthew 25 is such a loaded chapter. And mm-hmm. I didn't even realize that like three separate parables that I love that are so important. I didn't realize until yesterday. <laughs> They're all in one chapter. That's the whole chapter. So Matthew 25 starts with the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into love. the parable of the talents. And then goes into like the sorting of sheeps and goats at the end of time that like whatever you did to the least of my brothers and sisters you did to me mm-hmm. and this like mandate this conditional mandate of god for heaven that we have to love the poor so it's like okay this is action-packed and those three things have been powerful and relevant in my life so to realize that they were all in one chapter i don't know how i didn't realize that before uh kind of united them together and is so awesome it's pretty dope and that would all be right before his right before the last supper right uh yeah Wow. So it's getting heavy in a good way. Wow. He's like, okay, They're folks. in the latter parts of Matthew. Now is the time. I know. He's like, the, do not mistake me. Mm-hmm. I am not leaving you unformed to fend for yourself. Yep. Um. So, yeah, it's legit. Thank you, Lent. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Lord. How about you? What's been rocking your soul? You know what? I don't know if this is a rocking my soul, but it really has just, I haven't really liked a like 
regular song that I had heard for the first time like this in a long time. But The Weeknd's new song, new album, I haven't listened to the whole album yet. It's on the list. Blinding Lights, that song. Mm. Really like it. Okay, can't wait to listen to it. Really dig it. Now, I don't know I'm honestly super not hip, so I will listen to it. Yeah, but you also... Ashton really values lyrics in her songs. And they're, like, not bad lyrics, but, like, the idea of the song is not exactly, like, moving to me. Although it is kind of topical with the quarantine. It's kind of funny. Um, But the way it sounds and the way it feels, it's just, Mm. like, as a pop song, quality for a pop song. I'm excited. That's how I feel. Nice. About that song. So with that... Here we are. This has been A Place Within. Thank you yes. so much for listening. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at APW Podcast. You can email us at any time, APWpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. You can see us on Facebook. You might see some videos of the newly formed band, Quarantine Under the Waterfall. Yeah. Um, and we're just really thankful for you. Uh, if you like what you hear, go ahead and give it a share. Uh, your friends aren't probably doing much, so why not engage in a conversation about spiritual friendship? the springboard of Andrew Peebles. Mm-hmm.